there, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're watching Feed That Nation. So in today's video, I wanted to kind of talk about my thoughts and what I've learned about professional communication as a college student. Obviously, I'm not a communications major. I'm a I was a dietetics major, now I'm a master's of public health student. But there are a lot of things about professional communication between students, student to professor, or student to support staff around campus. I don't know where I was going with that sentence, to be honest, but there's a lot of different complexities and I guess nuances about communication as a college student that can be kind of hard to figure out sometimes. And I feel like after five years or so as a student that as I come to a better understanding of how to communicate with my peers and with my professors and other support staff around my campuses that I feel more confident and I feel like things get done more efficiently and with less frustration. So that's sort of where this video is going to be headed. So as a college student, it can be really frustrating when you email a professor or a TA or a support staff person on your campus with a question or you're needing information or needing them to tell you something and you email and that email just kind of gets lost in the void. Three weeks later, you might get a response, you might not, maybe someone else answered your question or maybe you're just left on the hook. Well, you know, it's just left hanging, they never respond. Ever since the introduction of like school emails and the fact that you can email your professors and support people to get answers as opposed to going to their office hours or seeing them in class or having to physically go to the space where they are or even, God forbid, give them a phone call. We sort of have created the situation as a college society of getting hundreds of emails in a day. I mean, maybe hundreds is a bit of an exaggeration for me, a student, but I certainly get well over 30 emails a day from my university, just in my university inbox. And the majority of those emails aren't even directly to me. They're mostly just listservs of different college things that I guess I was put on that list when I was admitted as a student and cannot figure out how to get off of. And as such, that mixture of mostly emails that don't serve a purpose, some emails that are from people I know and are directed more towards me, for example, an email from a professor to the whole class about something, those can get jumbled up and then the emails that are specifically from a professor to me or from a support staff person directly to me, all of those get so lost. And you know, if you're in class and you look at your email, you have 10 emails, you delete three of them, you put a star next to one of them, and then everything just keeps on coming. So an email that you got yesterday that you know is important, that you know you need to take the time to think of a response to, you will probably forget about it, or at least I will, by the time I actually have time to answer it. You know, by the time I'm home or I'm sitting down after class to get work done, I'm probably going to forget about that email by the time it's time for me to respond to it. That kind of sucks, because then it feels to me like I put the blame on myself. I say, wow, gosh, how irresponsible am I that I was supposed to respond to this email and I didn't. But again, when you're getting 30 plus emails a day during your college student day, most of those emails are bogus and only a couple of them are actually important. It can be really hard to prioritize and find the time, at least for me, to answer emails when I'm supposed to. I think also, and I know I've done this, I know my friends and classmates do this, You'll send an email to a professor and then you'll realize, oh crap, 
I can find the answer in the syllabus or in the course notes or I just asked a classmate and they just got back to me about it and now that email is kind of like a moot point and then you're like well do I email them again and say never mind are they even gonna read that email anyways and it just gets very awkward because it's hard to bridge the communication types I guess where if you have a conversation with someone in person and simultaneously you've been emailing back and forth about something with this person it's kind of that weird society question of like am I allowed to reference like hey did you get my email the next time I see them or whatever so that's something I'm still navigating because I sometimes just feel terribly awkward when I need something from a professor or someone else I've emailed and then I see them in person like an hour after I send the email and then I'm, am I supposed to just be like pretend that I didn't send the email? I don't know. So yeah, all of that to say that emailing as a college student gets complicated, there's a lot, it can be annoying, and it's frustrating when you don't get the answer that you're expecting in the time, in a timely manner, within the time that you need the answer by. And I think there are a couple of ways to get better at this, and I'm gonna share at least my experience of what has worked for me in terms of figuring stuff out, getting that communication clarity and getting it more efficiently done, getting tasks that I need done, questions I need answered done more efficiently. So the first thing is to, I try to always just wait after I like decide, oh, I need to email someone about this and get my answer. I'll write up the email and then I'll give it a couple of minutes or maybe an hour or so before I actually send it, depending on what it is, just to make sure that I can't get the answer from a classmate, get the answer from Canvas or whatever your school uses, D2L, Moodle, whatever, and make sure that it's not something that I can't just ask next time I'm in class. Because, you know, if a professor's teaching two classes and each class has 40 students, that's potentially like 80 students who could be emailing them on any given day about any given thing on top of all the university emails they're getting and like yeah professor sh professors should be responsible and respond to students within the timely manner but also they get a lot of emails every single day probably at least four times as much as I do if not more so I always try to take a little bit of time to think before I actually send the email if this is an email that I need to be sending and I'll reconsider it because if it's something if we have class tomorrow do I need to email tonight or can I just ask tomorrow before or after class? The second thing is to make sure that in your email, especially if you're at a bigger university, and I've kind of had to learn this the hard way because I went from a very tiny university for undergrad to a very, very large institution for grad school, make sure in every email you send, unless you're emailing someone that you're very well acquainted with, you need to say very clearly in the email your name what class you are in with that professor and include any and all relevant information that they might need to answer your question. And this might sound obvious, but if I'm emailing a professor, uh, let's say I have a question about biostats, I need to say, hi, professor so-and-so, my name is Natalie Nation and I'm a student in your online biostatistical literacy course. And I had a question about homework number three, you know, section four. The question I had was, and then include all the information, so all they have to do is read the email and answer your question. Because if they have to stop and think, Natalie Nation, what class is she in? Or she has a question about the biostatistical literacy homework. Which question is that again? They're probably not going to answer your email right away. 
versus if I'm just asking for clarification or wanting to make sure I'm using the correct formula or have the right idea and all they have to do is think yes or no or quickly come up with an answer for me, that's going to greatly increase the chances that they're actually going to respond to my email if they can respond right away with all relevant information. Same goes if you're trying to set up a meeting with somebody. It's your responsibility, and it should be their responsibility as well, but if you're the one initiating the setting up the meeting, you need to be the one to say, hello, so-and-so, my name is this, I would like to meet with you about whatever you'd like to meet with them about, and then you need to say in the email, it's not enough just to say that you'd like to meet with them, you need to give the times that you could be available within the next few days, few weeks to come in and meet with them. Because if, if they read and see, oh, this person wants to meet with me, they're just immediately going to respond, cool, let's meet. When are you available? And then you'll have to respond again. And that's just going to delay the process of getting the meeting set up. Versus if you say, you know, hi, Jamie, are you available to meet on Tuesday at 10 o'clock to talk about that grant proposal? And all Jamie has to do when she responds, for example, is say, why, yes, I am available at 10 o'clock to meet. Or, no, I'm not available at 10 o'clock, but I could be available on at 1 o'clock or 10 o'clock the next day. So you really want to remove as much of that kind of conversational back and forth from your email as possible by including all relevant information in the email. And if you're really going for the gold star or if you're in, let's say, a lecture with like 200 people or something, put your name and the class that you're asking about or the thing that you want to meet about or whatever it is in the subject line of the email. Because that'll also help if they see your email but don't respond right away. They'll remember, oh, I got an email from a student who wanted to meet with me or had a question and they can very easily scroll through their inbox to find it because the subject line is literally question about biostatistical literacy homework question three. I'm pretty passionate about that, obviously. Um, but I found that since I've taken the time to write my emails in this way, including so much information, even if it seems redundant or even if you're pretty confident that the professor knows who you are, you know, because they've talked to you in class or you asked a question, like make sure you include that information. And it's not to say that professors shouldn't put forth the extra mile, but you as a student need to also do your best to be a clear and concise communicator to make things easier for everyone. If you're an introvert, you're not going to like this next tip, but I found that if I have a more complex question that needs discussion or if I need really specific details or, you know, to really like, I don't know, just get into my question more, I definitely prefer talking on the phone or going in person to just sending an email out into the void. So let's say, I guess very recently, um, in the School of Public Health at the U, you have to have an up-to-date TB MAN2 test, so to prove that you don't have tuberculosis, and I just had to do that. And for me, it's sort of hard to navigate the university's website <laughs> because it kind of sucks. No hate on my university, but their website could use some work. It's really much easier for me to place a phone call and speak to a real-life human about which form or where to go on the website than it is to send an email. Or even if I know where the office is, of the people that I need to speak to and I know that I'll be on campus and I can walk over there or if they if it's a professor and they have office hours it's so much easier to speak to a person either in you know face to face or over the phone and that's just for me personally if you are someone who finds that really uncomfortable then that's totally okay 
but I I think I definitely prefer in-person communication and I find it for some things to be much more effective and much quicker <laughs> not always of course it is like a 45 minute bus ride to school so I wouldn't go all the way to campus you know 45 minutes on the bus to speak to a person in an office for five minutes and then 45 minutes back home on the bus but in some situations it is so much more helpful to actually speak to a person face to face or over the phone my final tip and this especially applies if you are a student on campus who is in any sort of leadership position or work position that you send emails professionally to get work done for you know if it's a research grant or you're a project assistant or you're an administrative assistant if you send professional emails to get work done or even if you're in a student leadership position for example you're on the board of a student club always try to write your emails as though they are for a bigger audience than they are and what I mean by that is always include an appropriate greeting um, say who you are uh, you know obviously if it's relevant but <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to explain this without actually giving a real-life example of a time that this was so important so I'm gonna get into that when I was at St. Kate's I was the student coordinator for our campus's food shelf um, which I've talked about in many podcasts before it was some of the most challenging and rewarding work that I did in my undergrad and I'm really proud of the work that I got to get to do and the students I got to work with and one of the things we started noticing as um, the holidays started to approach this was in the fall of my senior year was that people really wanted to do drives for the food shelf and they wanted to specifically do like canned food drives and this was challenging because you know clubs would just do a canned food drive without telling us and then show up with a bunch of random items that we were just supposed to put in the food shelf and obviously this is this means a lot obviously that people want to give but we were always trying to stock the food shelf as though it was a grocery store so having like rows of similar items instead of a bunch of mismatched stuff we wanted to make people feel more as though they were in a grocery store than just like picking over leftovers it's a dignity issue. So I decided as the student coordinator that I wanted to email the student activities office who oversees all of the clubs and would presumably be able to communicate to this to some of the club leaders or you know, be able to get the message across more effectively that we really loved people's generosity but we did not want food donations. We would much prefer donations of toiletries or donations of like household cleaning products, toilet paper, things like that. So I wrote out this email, pretty professionally introduced myself, who I was, why I was writing, you know, saying please, you know, we encourage people instead of food drives because the reasons I just said, we would really love if they would direct their energies towards household good drives or toiletry drives for us. And it was a pretty well-written email. I put the time into making sure that it, all the punctuation was correct, all the spelling was correct. And then I sent it off to the email for the student activities office and also for one of the full-time staff members who ran that office just to make sure that it was seen. And I kind of forgot about it after that, to be honest. And then like two days later, I get my email forwarded back to me because it had been sent to, I think the entire undergraduate class, to be honest. It was a huge email, like it just, the way, it was sent out and like my roommate got it and a whole bunch of other people got this email that was forwarded from me. And so like 
Hundreds of people around campus, assuming they read the email, saw what I had written, and it was so important in that moment that I had written it really, really well. So all of that to say that it is so important to write your emails as those are meant for a bigger audience because you never know your email could get forwarded to your boss it could get forwarded to the dean of students to the president of your university it genuinely genuinely could or it could get forwarded or at least seen by somebody who's in a position to write you a great letter of recommendation to offer you your next job to approve you for a scholarship or a grant like that is all really legitimate in the academic space you never never know who is going to be reading your emails so that's why it's so important to use excellent punctuation and grammar to include any and all relevant information. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say this, but like make sure if you're working that you're sending stuff from your work email and not your personal email. And universities are kind of funny about this because they need you to have a university email so that they know they're communicating with you. So that's why you're required to use your university email for stuff as opposed to just using your personal email, which is kind of inconvenient sometimes, but whatever. <laughs> so definitely, definitely think about writing your emails as though they're meant for a bigger audience than just the one or two people that you're sending them to. My final tip, and this is for anyone who is in a working relationship or a mentor-mentee relationship with a professor or a staff member or even another student, and I'll give an example of this in my life. I'm working on an independent project right now and I have a faculty advisor and we're in communication several times a week. And at the beginning of our work together, we had a conversation about communication expectations. And email is our primary form of communication. And I asked her, is there an appropriate window of time in which I can expect an answer from you? And if not, how would you like me to go about resending the email or following up if I don't receive a response? And she was super open to this conversation. We both know that we're both busy. We both know that we get tons and tons of emails and we know stuff slips through the cracks. So we came up with the three-day rule. If she hasn't responded to an email from me in three days, I am, it's okay for me to forward the email back to her or reply to send the email to her again to have it pop up to the top of her inbox. And all I have to say in that you know, second res response is just bumping this email or, hey, hoping you saw this or you know whatever it is. It doesn't have to be anything fancy because we both know that the reason I'm bumping the email is just to remind her that I sent it. I think if you're a person who's in a working relationship with a professor or you know, even just someone you're in communication with pretty frequently, it can be a good idea to have a conversation about that. Is it appropriate for you to bump emails if they haven't been responded to? Is it appropriate for you to contact them in other ways? Maybe they are a professor who's okay with texting or phone calls. Maybe you know, they prefer you not. I mean, hopefully not, but like have that conversation so that you're all clear about your expectations. I found that it makes me feel a lot more comfortable and confident. I would love to hear from you guys about your experiences as college students trying to navigate this professional communication space, navigating this awkward emailing your professors and waiting for a response space. Um, go ahead and drop me a comment or leave me a review. I would love to get that conversation rolling with you guys, hear your experiences. Go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel or subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you happen to be watching or listening. Please also go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation and you're watching Feed That Nation. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.
milkshake was really good. Maybe I should do more of my podcast episodes while I'm drinking milkshakes. That was like a transformative experience. <laughs>